0: You're listening to an Anna's Ministries podcast. What is most holy? The wall? The mosque? The sepulcher? Who has claim? None have claim. All have claim. We don't fight to protect these walls, but the people living in these walls, if you guessed it, you're right. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. Welcome back to the SG Drive-In Excited to be here again. I am Joshua Knoll. You might be able to tell I have a little bit of a sinus infection. Probably sound a little nasally compared to usual. I apologize, but we had to get it done. We had to get it done. And I'm here with the one and only my partner for our SG drive-in challenge, Nick Polk. How's it going, Nick?
1: I'm good, dude. I'm super glad to be here. And your nasally voice just kind of makes you sound like a uh, lead character. (laughs) Yes, nasally lead character in like a movie, like a a, a mid-2000s action movie.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Um. If you have not been following all oh, this, is the first one in your drive in for some reason, or you didn't listen last year, last year we did a drive in uh, and everybody had to pick a movie from their birth year was the challenge this year. We paired everyone up. Everybody gets one pick and it can't be from a franchise, which is why I didn't pick Lord of the Rings or star Wars. Cause those are good. Instead. I went with my favorite summer blockbuster. That's not part of the franchise, the kingdom of heaven um, starring Orlando Bloom, Liam Neeson, um who's the director do you remember the director off the top of your head ridley scott ridley scott okay yeah i I knew it was somebody awesome because he did gladiator right Uh uh-huh god this movie so cool so underrated and we all missed it when it first came out because of what i would say is because of just honestly awful timing yeah (laughs) if it had come out four years earlier i think it would have blown up but here we are we're talking about it it's been enough time that we're able to look back and go man this was a good film. So, Nick, one thing we like to do for these, we like to pretend you and I just got in the car. We went to the drive-in. We watched Kingdom of Heaven on the big screen from the car, just chilling. You know, we're in our car. We probably could have your uh, your pipe with your special Tolkien blend. Absolutely. Um, you know, I <laughs> we can't have alcohol. So, I probably
1: don't have the Brothers Bomb bourbon
0: I told you about. Um, Probably have a Coca-Cola you know some stuff. yeah snacks. i'd probably have a coke and...
1: with you as well maybe some popcorn you know smoking our pipes yeah. i mean it probably pairs pretty well yeah, good
0: time, good time. yeah you know, i feel like we'd have to finish the food first or else it'll just taste like tobacco right yeah no doubt like, i feel like that sink gets on everything
1: popcorn so... first with the coke to wash <laughs> down the, the the smoke burn yeah yeah perfect so we
0: finished the movie you look to me and what's the first thing you say after watching this movie dude
1: that was so good <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, I am hey, I, a little bit of a history geek, yeah. but I'm not one of the history geeks that's like, oh, this wasn't accurate, so I'm mad. I'm one of those who's like, I'll focus on the positives, right? Like, So a lot of the details they got weren't right, right, but the actual battles, like how the battles would have been fought, when it would have taken place, all that, spot on. I... I don't even know what the first thing I was say is. Like, I, I think I was speechless after I watched it. Um, first time I actually saw the film wasn't in a drive-in, and I didn't see the regular cut. I actually didn't see the regular cut until this time around when we both watched it. Originally, the first thing that I saw was the um, – originally, the first thing I saw was the extended cut on Blu-ray. Uh, my friend had it. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, I – I just it wasn't enough somehow. Like it was like a two hour forty long experience, and I was like, I I need more. And on the Blu Ray, they had a um, History Channel episode that they did explaining some of the stuff behind it. So they went through what kind of armor everybody would have had, what was right or not right about the where the war took place, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is so cool. I already like Crusades are already like one of my favorite times of history to study, right? Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm like a glutton for punishment. I like seeing where my people messed up <laughs> you know like i like the parts of american history where we messed up <laughs> i like the parts of church history where we messed up not because i'm like oh i like feeling bad about myself but just kind of like i feel like that's where we can learn the most maybe
1: yeah i think it's really neat too because you always forget i mean i always forget it generally of like how many cultures like intermingled in like the global travel and conflict that took place like i think I'd kind of forgotten, but like to, at the end of the movie, when, you know, uh, King Richard is on his way to do the crusades again and he's like, mm-hmm. and Orlando Boom's like, Oh, you have to go the down where they speak Italian and then keep going until they speak something <laughs> else. You're like, Oh yeah. They have to like travel across Europe into, yeah. uh, freaking Africa. Wait, sorry, not Africa, but you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, West. uh, it really is one of those like really fascinating things because even like when you travel by ship at that point you don't have motorized ships so it's like only certain currents really work the way you want it to so like kind of the way they brought that out was really cool too there was a lot of just little neat history stuff so even if they didn't get all the stuff accurate they still did enough little nods to how things would have worked that it felt real to me I felt the and same really, way yeah I like that yeah so let's um. Let's 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 do do some preliminary work. This movie, as far as like the plot and stuff, could you break it down for those who haven't seen it? What is the Kingdom of Heaven about?
1: So the Kingdom of Heaven is about this blacksmith who is Orlando Bloom. Um, He's chilling in England in a poverty stricken England because right now, uh, England and and the church has an established kingdom in Jerusalem because they've, you know, they've taken over and Liam Neeson is on his way back to England to find his son, which surprise, surprise is Orlando Bloom Uh, and Orlando Bloom as a redemption story to redeem himself joins with his newly found dad. Uh, And he ends up going to Jerusalem and kind of seeks redemption for his sins and tries to find a new life, but ends up getting a little bit more than what he bargained for with a quite literally uh, international conflict uh, politically and religiously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, So the movie takes place between the second and third crusade. Yeah. And it's funny that I just never like thought about it. But like all of the crusades are the Christians going in, attacking Jerusalem. So obviously someone had to take over in between each time or else why are we going there again? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's one of those. and I was like, OK, this movie really inspired me to study more of the like in between. Um, and one thing this movie doesn't get right, but I think it's OK that it didn't get right because I think it makes its point better was it wasn't just, oh, we want the land. It's also Christians were being treated terribly in jerusalem like it was bad so it was a little bit of vengeance a little bit of we're better than you our God's real yours isn't but also a little bit of yeah we can't let our people suffer
1: yeah it was interesting too just to think about because obviously it's very modern thinking about like religious pluralism where they're like oh we're gonna exist together in peace and like when the knights are like oh i don't really believe in god i you know like that is a very modern shoehorning of like that (laughs) would have not been a thing
0: yeah, that would probably be one of my big complaints with the movie, but yeah. I like the I, I message behind it, but yeah. Oh yeah, but there also there are things like Orlando Bloom's character where you see a lot of people who are religious, but they're not really fanatical, Yeah, which I have to imagine that was probably always a thing. I don't know what it would have looked like, but there was probably always people who were like, you know, I'll go to church because you have to, and that's pretty much the extent of it. Like, you do this because you have to, and that, that's, you know, he doesn't spend a lot of time studying theology. But yeah, yeah, I, I think for me – and this is part, we're going to get to a little bit later, but part of like what's missing from the theatrical cut this in the extended cut, um, and I don't remember exactly how much of it is missing, but at the beginning, a priest has his wife and child beheaded because then they can't rise up to heaven according to the beliefs at that time. You know, it right. can't be burned. You know, if you're cremated, your body can't rise because there is no body. If you're beheaded, it won't rise, right? It's just sort of the belief. So the priest who had his wife and child beheaded and kind of like, did that terrible thing in the beginning yeah that's his half brother oh so like, they had this whole feud their whole lives real? and that's where he gets like pissed and kills the guy and then he's like well i killed him and now i need to make amends for killing my half brother who did this <laughs> like there's a lot of like family drama there and to me i think that bit really builds his motivation a lot better like i like that a lot
1: yeah interesting i didn't know that was his half brother i noticed that the guy who plays the priest is michael shannon though who i feel like has kind of become more prominent uh you know i feel like he got to start mid-2000s as like side characters and then you know oh yeah
0: and it's funny too because like i feel like most of the time when you tell people about kingdom of heaven you're like there's liam neeson or Orlando bloom they're like there's a movie with those two in it that i haven't seen like most people are just shocked they haven't seen that's literally
1: how i felt when you texted me and i was like whoa this cast is incredible
0: yeah, it really, really has just flown under the radar. Um, but <laughs> so we kind of mentioned our relationship to the film already a little bit, just kind of getting into that. This was your
1: first time seeing it, correct? It was. Yeah. Literally watched it probably like two hours before our episode here. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So the other thing I wanted to bring
0: out with the director's cut that a lot of people like who are like, oh, the director's cuts infinitely better. You know, a lot of people will like rate them separately, like out hmm. of 10, the theatrical cut, people will be like, you know, maybe five out of 10. And then they will be like director's cuts like eight out of 10. I'd rate both a lot higher personally, but um, which we'll get to. We'll get to. But <laughs> the other thing was um Sibylia. Oh, the queen name right, right now for some reason. Yeah, she has a son. They completely cut the whole character out of the movie.
1: <laughs> oh, like in the director's cut, there's a son.
0: Yeah, yeah. She has a son in the movie. And that's part of like why it's so hard for them to get together and figure stuff out because she has a child. <laughs> Weird. So it's like there's all this whole layer to like their relationship that's still in the movie. That's like it kind of feels awkward if you don't understand. That's like No. There is a lot of like tension here because she has a kid.
1: <laughs> and it's is it with Orlando Bloom's character no. or oh, no. OK, it's the, it's OK.
0: It's yeah. the king's character yeah. or the. For those wondering, um Sibylia was married to the king, but kind of had this like love affair type thing with Orlando Bloom's guy. And uh naturally, he couldn't just kill the king and be like, all right, we're married now because, um, a that's bad. And B, she had a kid. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of yeah. sad he didn't do it, though. Yeah, me too. Me too. But it makes an that, interesting story. They're they're. I, I don't really get into romance that much. Yeah. So, if Pang's listening. You're welcome. That particular <laughs> story of those two, though, I was like, I was really getting into it. I was like, I could, I could have seen more of that. That was interesting.
1: It was. Yeah. <laughs> It gets because they cut it off pretty. You know, I only watched the theatrical release, but I think, like you said, there's a whole because that was probably my one biggest thing where I felt like the dynamics between them was kind of off. And like you said, that's probably because they cut out a whole separate aspect, familial aspect of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which part of why they cut it. So 2005, it's not right after September 11. Right. But when they were making the movie, that was on everybody's mind everybody still and I mean even to this day a lot of people still have a lot more prejudice about Islam and Middle Eastern peoples than we did before 911 right so it really changed a lot like the original vision to to what ended up on screen because they were like um mm, people don't really want to see Middle Eastern
1: people as not evil right now <laughs> I know I was really surprised that that was how it was portrayed in 2005 I was like dang this is like humanizing and like it doesn't make them it doesn't make muslims to look like complete tribal savages or something that most you know series or movies did back then
0: yeah well and it's um i'm understanding a lot of it is because the director was atheist mm, interesting um, okay yeah i can't remember his name again what is wrong ridley with scott name? yeah thank you ridley scott yeah so he which is funny he kind of had a bias against christians and it does come out in this sure but i think it Honestly, I think it makes for a better movie because or, or maybe it's just, you know, my bias, because I'm coming to this going, man, there is so much I learned from this on like how we treat other people, what our priorities actually are. You know, the whole reason that um Balin goes over to Jerusalem is yeah, he has all the sin. He wants to repent. And the church at the time was saying, Yeah, the way to make up for your sins, you can do penance by going on these crusades, by going to Jerusalem, like specific locations, fighting the Islamic peoples you know that was what the church was telling people right and mind you uh you know in those times it's not like he could have just cracked open his bible and read that's not what it says they just have to trust that the church is telling the truth yeah this is pre-protestant reformation like it's it's like the catholic church that's it yeah so from that perspective it's like this is just truth now actual historical account i think Balin actually was born in jerusalem Hmm. so it's a very different story in real life but for the movie's purposes it i think it helps a lot to remember yeah pre-protestant reformation so we're talking about what we loved and what we didn't love what did you think specifically of the character of balan
1: i liked him you know he kind of plays like the classic quiet guy who lost everything who has to like redeem himself like i feel like that was just very popular it's just a popular trope um so i think that's and it's a very modern trope. And so I think that aspect is probably kind of like was overplayed. But I think the way that it it develops in his character specifically and the specific situation was is pretty unique and made it made the story interesting. Yeah. So that's where I disliked. But then it turned into something I liked.
0: Yeah, I um <laughs> Honestly, I, I felt like it was one thing that made it easier to watch the theatrical version was he didn't seem. As mopey.
1: (laughs) Oh, in the in the in the theatrical one or the directors?
0: Yeah, yeah, theatrical. He doesn't seem as mopey to me. Yeah, but I think it's like I think it's just a matter of which, mind you. Usually, I hate whiny characters. I wouldn't classify him as whiny. No, he's definitely not whiny. Mopey is different. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's definitely it's brooding, silent type. Yeah, I I think the big difference is
0: like which most people probably be fine with this. The director's cut. They whenever they made it for the theatrical thing, one of the first things you cut is all that like empty time. So, you know, when someone's just reflecting on their thoughts or just sitting in sadness, well, that's an easy thing to cut, you know? Yeah. And the director's cut. No, they don't do that. You just see, you see him really linger a lot. <laughs> so it's like, oh, he just feels a little more sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, something about that for me also was helpful to like have that broken kind of sad character who's out to redeem himself, not because Anger and revenge necessarily, and not because like he's super churchy, but because he's hurt. Well, and and something about that really speaks to me,
1: yeah. And it's weird, like you said, he takes responsibility for his actions. And in the movie, he's like kind of ambivalent about religion, you know, it's very much just kind of about responsibility and honor and things like that, knighthood yeah. or whatever, yeah,
0: yeah, which. It was really part of why I liked um, the main antagonist, I guess you'd say, was yeah. Saladin. Yeah. I liked his character a lot too because even when those two interacted, it was very much honor, respect for one another kind of stuff because uh, Saladin, he was leading the Islamic army, whatever all that. Obviously, he was religion, but you could tell like his priority is his people, right. honor, respect, and doing kindness in return when kindness is done to him. It's kind of a big part of
1: his story. Yeah, I love that aspect where – As soon as, you know, they do that battle at Carrick or whatever, and he's brought to it and you hear the sword come down you're like, oh, okay, it's that guy that he decided. What's his name? Saladin? (laughs) Saladin. Yeah. Yeah. Or Saladin. One of the two. (laughs) Right. That's the same. We're not right. Or not not, the not the leader of linguistic experts. Yeah. Not the leader (laughs) of Islam. Right. Or is it the guy that he didn't kill at the beginning? Uh, I think it's the guy he didn't kill at the beginning. Okay, okay,
0: I think I could be mistaken. If so, I apologize. Guys, go watch it. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you know what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a character that he chooses not to kill, who in return chooses not to kill him later on, two separate fights. And they don't know who one another is. Like, when he first meets this guy, he doesn't know he's a big guy on the other guy's army. He just knows it's some dude and right. chooses to show him grace, basically. And then later, when they are in an army and they know who each other is, they're in a situation where he could have killed Valen and was like, no, you listen, You you did right by me. I do right by you. Right, you know, it's kind of like the the golden rule that's in every single religion.
1: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, do unto others kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talk about Balin. What about honestly? I feel like he wasn't even that huge of a character, but because Liam Neeson played him, we got to talk about Godfrey. What yeah. What did you think of Godfrey's character and his kind of arc?
1: I liked him. Uh, you know, I think that he's like haunted by his past, and he's really trying to make things better. And, you know, he ends up in doing so he ends up losing his life, which and then tries to instill some of the wisdom that he had come upon late in life to his, you know, newly his new son. And uh, I I, sp- I really like when he n- knights him and then slaps him. And he's like, and that's to remember every all the stuff I told you to, you know, and I, I loved I loved his character. It was sad that he was gone so soon.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I um. <laughs> it was like i actually i have the oath and it was so funny because it's like really serious he's dying it's be without fear in the face of your enemies be brave and upright that god may love thee speak the truth always even if it leads to your death safeguard the helpless and do no wrong and then you know he leans in and just smacks him across the face and that's how you remember it oh <laughs> like, yeah perfect
1: love absolutely <laughs> um, love that yeah.
0: yeah and doesn't um doesn't Balin do that to somebody else later on too? Yeah, it's like a kid because yeah. he
1: knights like literally every peasant in Jerusalem and then slaps a it kid. slaps them. I think both so of them yeah, drew so blood too. Did. They weren't just like little slaps. They like drew yeah, blood with sm- their slaps.
0: Smacked the fire out of people, yeah. <laughs> Man, Liam Neeson is so Liam Neeson in this. Like 100%. I don't know how to like, say that any other way. That it's like it's exactly who you think Liam Neeson plays. <laughs> 100%. And I, I like that it was um, – one thing I did like about Godfrey's character though – was if you kind of read into it, you're like really paying attention. His character slept around, spread his seed kind of deal was kind of not the best, but because he was a crusader, he went to Jerusalem, he fought on the right side of the army. He kind of got all that signed off and yet he still felt guilty. Yeah. So he was still trying to make amends, not because the church said he had to, but because he was like, yeah, this still isn't right. (laughs) And I think in that time and age when like the church basically is God, that is actually says a lot about someone's character that they can see past that e- even a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I like, that's one of the aspects I love about the movie because that's like I talked to said before, that's more of a modern shoehorning. Cause that wouldn't have been something. I don't think even yeah, somebody back not. then could probably conceive of, but like you said, it's, it's that moving past that. And it's very much like, Oh, my character, like I can't just depend on the privilege that, you know, institutional forgiveness and pardons yeah. can give me because it's still not going to, you know, rectify yeah. what I've done.
0: Speaking of those historical inaccuracies, <laughs> Balin was not only born in Jerusalem; he also was not a bastard. Oh, really? <laughs> he came from yeah, he came from a married family. Um, so I, I don't know if God if it was actually Godfrey or not, but. Um, and the reason that's important is he literally could not have inherited the land. That's what I was about to
1: ask you. If he
0: if he was not from a legitimate marriage, yeah. But, you know, just fun facts. I think it served the purpose of the movie really well. And, and I could see – I couldn't see them being self-conscious enough to know why they felt guilty. But I could see some crusaders still feeling guilty and trying to figure out why. Like I could see that maybe that being
1: – Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that rejected type of like – uh marginalization of like you know being a bastard they do it with lord of the rings too like or aragorn yeah. is you know far away and is kind of orphaned but in the books he's very much like this is my kingdom i'm born into this and i'm ready yeah. and in the books he's like oh i've rejected this life and people are pissed at me and i have to like prove myself <laughs> and it's like no but i think it. Yeah. i think people like that or it sells yeah. well or something yeah yeah i mean it makes sense yeah um okay so
0: we talked about saladin um, what, what did you, we, we talked about the romance between him and Sibylia, but what did, what did you think of her as like a character? Was she really interesting to you or anything?
1: Unfortunately, not really with the thing. Cause yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I didn't, <laughs> I, it was one of those things that like, besides her being the King's sister for the, uh, yeah. the French dude to come into power. Like, I don't understand, like, she really didn't sp- do anything except kind of be a side piece for Orlando Bloom.
0: Yeah, I think even in the extended cut, like the most you really get character wise from her, in my opinion, and this is like the reason I bring it up is because I, I wish they would have done more with some of the female characters, even given the time. Obviously, it wouldn't have happened, but it's kind of like, you know, you made some other stretches. You, you could have done it. Yeah, I, um, I, I think in the extended cut, the kind of imply she wants the king to die because she thinks he's going to lead to the fall of Jerusalem and she's worried about her son. Hmm. And that that one little piece that maybe was like hidden in there a little bit, kind of brought a little bit of character. But for the most part, she just kind of she's more of a plot device, I feel like, than anything.
1: Yeah, which is unfortunate. And I really didn't like how like and I feel like especially because this was right around when Britney Spears kind of had her mental breakdown. Oh, and, yeah. and cinema did that where they're like, oh, how do we in- indicate how a woman is, you know, losing her mind or in a rough place? Shave her head. Mm. And she did that. And I did. Mm. It. I was like, that's. yeah it's
0: not great yeah i didn't really like it also yeah because i I know we were talking about this in like in context of 9 11 and some of the other stuff too and it came out in 2005 just want to remind everybody once upon a time before the mcu not blaming the mcu on this just it was before then movies didn't really pop out like we're going to start filming this year and it's going to be done next year (laughs) you know like that wasn't really a thing right yeah there's even like your planned trilogies that were filmed straight through like star wars there's few years between oh know? yeah like it's not something that was able to be done that quickly yeah years then years earlier yeah so did this <laughs> for the for you how did this movie sit like overall if you had to rate it like zero out of ten zero to ten or like um or, or even if you generally talk about how it impacted you if you don't feel like rating it because i feel like it's one of those it's more about the message than necessarily just entertainment yeah but i think we could do both we could probably talk about both <laughs>
1: I think I'd give it a solid eight. Um, I really enjoyed it. Like, I think the action was cool. The shots were neat. It's very much in that mid to early 2000s kind of action movie stuff. Um, But I think the messages was like, I was like, man, I am sad that I didn't see it till now. But I'm also kind of simultaneously happy because I was what like 13 or something. So I wouldn't have gotten the nuances of that. And, you know, yeah. just growing up in an evangelical uh, Christian home right after post 9-11 in the United States, I would have been like, oh, this is making Muslims look peaceful. That's wrong. Um, instead of now where I'm like, yeah. man, I'm surprised that there's somebody promoting like, oh, the kingdom of heaven is called this in the movie because there's peace among Christians, Muslims and Jews in the Holy Land, which is like unheard of, you know, so I yeah. I love that aspect of the movie.
0: Yeah. I um <laughs> I always have such a hard time when I tell people this is one of my favorite movies because people just assume that a Christian talking about a movie called Kingdom of Heaven, it's a Christian movie. And they're like I don't really like Christian movies, and I'm like, it is definitely not a Christian movie. Right. <laughs> it is rated R for a reason, and it was you very obviously directed by someone who's not religious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'd probably give it a nine.
1: Okay, and I know I, I say like this it. my
0: favorite outside of franchises. Yeah. I do give some things a 10, but they're all in franchises. They're mostly Indiana Jones movies. No, mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um there's at least one that I'd give a 10, though. The, <laughs> I I really enjoy the movie. Overall, it's for me, just I get a lot out of it emotionally. The music of the movie, oh, even I have a few incredible. of the songs and different things that are like meditation soundtracks for me that just great soundtrack. Um, and like you said, the action, I'm a big for me, a movie's either gotta be really funny. Or just violent. Yeah, I love. <laughs> like I know some people well. like, oh, we can't watch violence and I'm like, listen, some people, some people, sexual stuff might be like the no go for you to a movie. Some people, it might be violence. If it's violence, hey, don't watch this. Yeah, for me, it's not violence. I'm okay watching. <laughs> I'm like, I love war films, and this is like, it was like war film meets Lord of the Rings. Totally. And I'm like, this is this is it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it reminded me of King Arthur, you know, because that also came out around the same time. And I think there was a PG 13 version and they had like a non rated version. And I rented the non rated version because I wanted to see the blood shed. Perfect. Yes.
0: (laughs) That's another reason you should do the director's cut. There is more blood.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I like it for the realism, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. I, uh,. I don't know it's just it's just fun it just looks cool uh, for yeah. me it looks especially cool when they're wearing like these like the crusades you know they're all like silver white kind of color schemes and then the like bright red blood with that like yes killing people's bad but also it does look extra cool one
1: well, it so it serves for a symbolic purpose too especially you yeah. know it's literally happened but the blood like by the end of the movie all the white is completely covered in blood and dirt and it's like yeah look how yeah how look how this holy institution where there ended up blood on you know blood and bodies everywhere man yeah yeah but as far as like the message goes
0: there is near the end um i started off with with some of it he he gives this big speech and he's like he's asking like what is holy what is not holy Mm. right he says um it's fallen to us to defend jerusalem and we have had our preparations as well as they can be made None of us took the city from the Muslims. Like That was generations before. Wasn't We didn't start the fire kind of song, right? And like, <laughs> No Muslim of the great army now coming against us was born when the city was lost. We fight over an offense that we did not give against those who were not alive to be offended. What is Jerusalem? Your holy places lie over the Jewish temple that the Romans pulled down. The Muslim places of worship lie over yours. Which is more holy? That's why it's like I came in at the beginning. What's more holy? The wall, the mosque, the sepulcher? What is it? And he goes... No one has claimed anything. Everybody has claimed everything. And he says, we defend the city not because of the churches or the mosque or any of that stuff. We defend it for the people. And um, much like, you know, pulling pulling my, my nerd stuff out, looking like um, what I loved about Thor Ragnarok. You know, Asgard's not a place, it's a people. The church is not a place, it's a people. Right. Yeah. Like, the kingdom of heaven isn't built of stones, it's built of these people. Mm-hmm. And the peace you were talking about between these different people of different religions coexisting – that that's what it's about right like not the literal places right and something about that speech when i first heard it like chills man i was like that
1: yes and like you said just yeah. the fact that it was something that was released on a large scale in 2005 with that message i'm surprised i didn't see yeah. a lot of like pushback you know on like focus on the family or something you know
0: yeah yeah because you gotta think like, that's before like a lot of the ex-vangelical deconstruction stuff got really big right um, when I first saw it, it was before I really started questioning a lot of stuff. So that was like Same. one of the first things that stood out to me that I was like, oh, we might be wrong.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So that like played a part in your own like critical thinking.
0: Like Yeah, like honestly, I think it played a big part of my deconstruction, even if I don't usually tell it as part of the story. Cause you know you're just like, I watched a movie at some point during this. I'm like, no, actually I focused a lot on this for a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Um what do you think the movie was trying to say about the crusades themselves? We kind of talk about like the main point being the people, but do you think there's also like a commentary about what the crusades were involved in this too?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely like the classic crusades, bad kind of a thing. If you just want to put it yeah. plainly, <laughs> but I, I do think that they did more than that where or Ridley Scott or he directed it, but the writer, I can't remember his name. It starts with like an M or something. Yeah, But I think that, you know, just to, I mean, it's wrapped up in Orlando's final speech, right? And not because yeah. obviously Christians are seen, you know, there's kind of a bias, but all the religions and their fight to claim over that holy land is being critiqued, which I think mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of a pretty unique thing to a certain extent without being like, oh, yeah, religion sucks. But I think they're saying, I think, what does he say? Um, not. I th- uh, who's the guy who goes into battle, who is with his dad. I think he says something about like, Great question. I can't remember his name, but uh, he plays um, in Harry Potter. He plays Lupin in Harry Potter. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay. But I think he says that holiness is what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the main message of like, hey, if holiness is what we do, like Crusades. Yeah, not great. It's not, not a, holy.
0: Not a, yeah. As much as for me, the big takeaway is always going to be how holy it is mm-hmm. and sacred it is to defend people um i, I think the commentary on war itself also yeah. needs to be mentioned needs to be especially right now stuff going on in russia, russia ukraine all that other stuff all over the world like it's always important to go back to that there's a song that my grandpa actually really liked it was um it's called the general i don't remember who sings it right now off the top of my head but it's about a general and i guess he had a dream or something but he he saw the mothers of the other people that they were killing and he realized this war is just not worth fighting. Hmm. And he told his soldiers to pack up, go home. Right. And he went out there and stood alone. This is how the song goes. Because he realized it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's obviously it's easy for us who in a very easy, peaceful place right now, like we're pretty safe relatively. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, yeah, war's bad, guys. Stop doing that. You know, obviously, if I was in Ukraine, I'd probably feel a little bit different. <laughs> right. Like, let's go get those guys. But I think in general – We can agree uh, peace is preferred. I think that's kind of a a biblical principle and something that stands out really well in this movie and in that song. It's a good song.
1: I'm going to chat the general. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, yeah, man, it's so good.
0: But that being said, uh, we're going to start wrapping this one up and we always end with a question about our movie experience. Nick, we mentioned popcorn earlier. What is the most important snack for you to bring to the (sighs) drive-in?
1: You know, I'm going to put popcorn aside because that's just like, that's just there, right? Yeah, too easy. <laughs> Mine is, it's got to be Bunch of Crunch. It, I love Bunch of Crunch. Yeah, those are good. I just, that's my, that's it's just nostalgic for me, you know. Man. I, I love that. When
0: I watch the uh, Dial of Destiny, I got Bunch of Crunch and put it in my popcorn. 100%. Like the butter and salt on top of it, it's so good. It's it's so, so good. good. Man. Um, I'm going to go, if it's a drive-in specifically, like i feel like the rules change a little bit okay okay for me i need a big thing of kfc popcorn chicken oh hey and i i know it's it's not yeah it's just kind of close to popcorn but it doesn't taste like popcorn so i feel like it's not cheating
1: i forget <laughs> but, like, that you can bring your own chicken. food to
0: drive yeah, right chicken. that's a yeah, thing That's great that's like the best part <laughs> man i'm just bringing a cheeseburger um a fully you know prepared oven roasted turkey i don't know <laughs> man i'm eating good though
1: <laughs> yeah i think i might change my answer then i'll, I'll go back i'm just going to say something taco bell related that's what i'm Ooh. going for with the baja Blast. the whole
0: taco bell restaurant yeah is coming
1: with. <laughs> it's coming with us
0: we're stopping at one of those like uh taco bell slash kfcs yeah. oh let's you know, you like, go dude have, like, joint yes perfect perfect <laughs> well guys thank you for joining us uh thank you nick for watching my pick and we look forward to yours next time in a few weeks yeah but for now guys um, go ahead, leave us a rating and review on PodChaser if you would, or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us there too. That is also helpful. And remember, we're all the chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.